Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not developing a quarterback, and he walked away when it was he he, he left them to foot the bill. And so, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I'm you know, just judging comments from guys like Cameron Jordan, it feels like there's people in the building who feel the same way. Um, now, with that said, I would not have a problem with Sean Payton coming back to clean up the mess that he made. It's the Saints Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by my good friend, John Sigler. John's the managing editor of USA Today's Saints Wire. John, how you doing this week? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. Had a great time going in, in, into the city, into New Orleans this past weekend. Took my daughter to the Pelicans game. Uh, got, got, got to boo Chris Ball. Got to applaud Monty Williams. Uh, got to chant MVP for Zion. Uh, it, it, was, it was great. I, I had a great time. Uh, I accomplished all of my goals. I got, got to see the Pels win in overtime. When a CP4, that's what we call him now, because he only scored four points in regulation. He got, got himself ejected like a dummy. Um, it, it was a great time. So really enjoyed that that win. It was very cathartic after the Suns knocked the spells out in the playoffs last year. Um, lo- looking forward to many more good games like that. Good good days in New Orleans and uh, ready to talk some Saints football now. Yeah, for sure. And you got to wish me luck. Now, I have, a, I have a trip coming up myself, John. I don't know if I told oh, yeah. you that. I'm heading to Vegas. All as right. You, out to the you, desert. Yeah, I'm heading to Vegas. As you know, I'm a, I'm a Pats fan. So the Pats are playing the Raiders. I'm doing that cliche trip to Vegas. Isn't that the most cliche? It's like that's like getting the uh what the the freaking the fall latte or whatever. Right when the right on yeah. September you go yep. get the caramel latte or whatever. That's exactly what the trip to Vegas is to see your team, but I don't care. I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> Me, my dad, and my brother. So wish me luck, man. Literally. Yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, literally. But I know you're gonna like this topic. Here's where I wanted to start this week on the show. Uh Sean Payton. Sean Payton, right? We keep touching upon this. We've never led the show with it yet, but we've touched upon it in each episode, I think, as we've been going here. Uh, now, I thought it was kind of funny. I saw this all over Twitter. I saw this on your Twitter feed. Sean Payton's most likely destination, dot, 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 maybe back to the Saints, right? That has crept in. And the rumor mill is pumping harder than maybe it's ever has. Uh, and it's because it's Sean Payton and he's just like a walking content machine, right? We know how this is yeah. with Sean. But like, Here's what like just a quick search on Twitter or Google or Google will give you, John, right? Tom Brady and Sean Payton reunite in New Orleans next year, right? Oh, God. Just an aside. I would love that for you, right? Like what amazing content <laughs> we would have. You, like the ultimate, you can't beat them, join them. And Brady, I, I mean, John, I know how you feel about Brady. That would just be so right. yeah. freaking good. Oh, please give that to me. I give it a 0% chance, but please, <laughs> football gods, give that to me. Uh, I saw that one out there. The Saints could trade Sean Payton for Sean McVay. I see that all over the interwebs. I thought that was fun. That's a fun little one. Uh, this one's probably the most realistic that, you know, Payton living in L.A., working for Fox Sports. There's reports that it's down to Chargers or in Rams. Uh, and we'll see, you know, what maybe what the Chargers do with Brandon Staley after they inevitably miss the playoffs this year. But, you know, Payton back to the Saints is definitely a thing, John. And I think you tweeted that you think the Saints would at least, what, make a pitch, right? You said on Twitter... And I'll have you explain yourself. I fully expect the Saints to make Sean Payton a recruiting pitch to come back and coach for them in 2023. I don't expect it to be successful, but I don't know why um, 
but I don't know why he would do that after quitting on them and making it very clear he wants to go somewhere with an established quarterback. So again, John, he could just come back with Tom Brady. So I don't like I don't know what you're talking about here. No, but no, seriously. Sean Payton back to the Saints. You don't you think it's definitely within the realm of possibility that the team would make a pitch for him, right? But you don't think that's actually going to happen. Tell me about it. Yeah, no, I, I totally expect them to approach him. And whenever he says, Okay, I'm ready ready to coach again for them to say, Okay, why go anywhere else? You know, why stay why not stay here where you've won, you know, more games than any, anyone ever has, where you know, you 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 are the decision maker here. You're you're not negotiating with the GM or petitioning ownership for more for more resources or whatever. Whatever he, whatever Sean Payton wants, he gets in New Orleans, and they they could make a very compelling uh, case there. And what really got me started on this was a column uh, this past Sunday uh, from NOLA.com's Jeff Duncan. He he he's really tight with Saints leadership. Um, he, he has a lot of sources in, in that building, and he kind of made the case for. Sean Payton sticking around. And, you know, I, I don't think that happens because I think that Payton does want to start fresh. I think he wants to, to go somewhere else. He, he, he kind of wants to prove that he can win away from New Orleans. Um, I just don't know how it's going to shake out, but I could I could totally see it happening. And, it, and I definitely see the Saints trying to make it happen. Um, as far as how I feel about it, you know, I, I've been very consistent here in pointing out that, you know, it's not like Sean Payton... Um, you, you know, hung up his headset and walked away from the game. Like, like he quit on the saints. Like he, like he made a big mess with the salary cap and trade assets and the state of the roster and not, ha- not developing a quarterback. And he walked away when it was, and he, he, he left them to foot the bill. And so, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I'm, you know, just judging comments from guys like Cameron Jordan. It feels like there's people in the building who feel the same way. Um, now with that said, I would not have a problem with Sean Payton coming back to clean up the mess that he made and finding his, finding his quarterback and kind of revitalizing things and bringing them back. And, you know, the whole vibe with Dennis Allen this whole year, it's, it's been like he's a substitute teacher who's, who's just waiting for the, uh, the full timer to come back and take and take and uh, take back the podium here. And it, it's just been awkward. And that, that, <clears throat> that the uh, the shadow of Sean Payton has kind of been lingering all over the, the the team for this season, and it's definitely a subplot that I don't think is wrapped up yet. So we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely expect the Saints to try. I just don't know that it'll be successful. Well, I'm just enjoying the rumor mill in the meantime, John. And again, just you know, what if Sean Payton comes back and it is Tom Brady? How would you just give me like 30 seconds on that, please? Yeah, you know, I don't know that a washed up uh, quarterback like Tom Brady is what the Saints need right now, him or Aaron Rodgers. Um, at the same time, beggars can't be choosers. And going from Andy Dalton to Tom Brady, that's tough to complain about. So if that's how the Saints feel, they, they could be competitive right away. I would get it. I don't know that I would enjoy it. Um, but I could, you know, I, I could totally see it happening. There's been so much smoke in uh, connecting Sean Payton to Tom Brady over the past few years, um, you know, even when Drew Brees was considering retirement, he came back to prevent Brady from taking that job um, <clears throat> back in 2020. So, yeah, I, I know I'm pretty sure those. I'm, I'm I'm very sure that those two want to work together. I could see it happening in New Orleans, um, but just given the way this year has gone for Brady and I, I, and his, you know his personal life and everything, I just don't know that he's got another year left in him. I, I think. I think even he is seeing, you know, the writing on the wall that, okay, now I need to move on to something else in my life, like earning God knows how much money from Fox Sports to call games for the next 15 years. 
Yeah, he could just join Sean Payton over at Fox Sports. That might be the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If they want to work if they want to work so badly together, they can buddy up with uh, Jay Glazer on Sunday mornings and uh, just uh, shoot shoot the breeze in, in, in the studio. <laughs> for sure. I mean, as an aforementioned Patriots fan, I do want to push back. Uh, and and push back for Tom Brady, John, and argue with you. I just can't. He's it's not it's not going very well. This year. <laughs> I can't. I have no comeback for the washed up comments. So I'm just going to move on. Just going to move on. And let's get on to uh, Dennis Allen, uh, who just he loves to stick with the status quo, doesn't he? And that's what he's doing for the final month. You know, I see on Saints Wire, no major coaching or play calling shakeups are in the works. No change of quarterback either. It's going to be Andy Dalton. Let me ask you this, John. Why is DA so bullish on sticking with Dalton, right? Is it because the Saints aren't mathematically eliminated yet from the playoffs? What is the decimal point now? At? It's like point zero something? Uh, 0.9%. Uh, we actually <laughs> improved during the bye week. You know, I made, I made sure to spell that out here on Saints Wire. You know, we went into the bye with a 0.7% chance of making the playoffs. Tampa Bay lost. And so, <laughs> and so now the Saints are up to 0.9%. So, hey, you know, we are trending in the right direction now. So they're not mathematically oh, yeah. eliminated, right? So that's maybe why he's sticking with Dalton. Or is it because he's protecting Jameis from further injury? Or is he out on Jameis? Like, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Like, what, what are you thinking? Why is he sticking with Dalton here? Yeah, you know, I, I just, I've never gotten the sense that Dennis Allen wanted Jameis Winston as his quarterback. You know, just, just looking back at the offseason, how it played out, he tried really hard to get Deshaun Watson. He made a, made a run at Teddy Bridgewater. And they, ended, they wound up having to not just settle for Jameis Winston, but kind of placate him a bit by signing him to a two-year deal. And I've just never gotten the sense that he was their first choice. He's who they want, and that, that's how they, that's the guy they want leading their offense. And, you know, I, I just think that that's played a part in it. And now they're just trying to make the most of the situation before they, they kind of inevitably split here, here, here in the spring. So maybe I'm wrong. You know, I, I could be totally off base. I, I've been very consistent with this. I'm, I'm not a reporter. I do not cultivate sources within, within the building. Uh, I have, uh, you know, my, my social anxiety is too great for me to try and pass off reports on, on Twitter and things like this. Um, that, that that's just where where we are. That's my read on the situation and what I have heard uh, through, through the grapevine. So, yeah, I, I just don't think that. Dennis Allen trusts Jameis Winston to go out and win a football game the way that he wants to win a game. And the obvious pushback to that is, well, the way Dennis Allen wants to play is losing them games. Like, so what does it matter what he wants? Well, yeah. And I think that's a very valid point that, that honestly, that's my take on it. Like, but he feels that Andy Dalton can go out there, protect the football and, uh, you know, finish drives with with touchdowns and kind of put put the game on the defense's shoulders. And that formula has not worked. And I think Dennis Allen is, you know, in denial about this and thinking that, well, it, it hasn't worked for the last 13 weeks, but maybe this week will be different. Uh, maybe just one more game. That's all we need to prove that we can win this way. And I just don't have much confidence in, in it. But, you know, there's a... Uh, going to keep doing what you're doing here and we're, we're going to keep Andy Dalton at QB. We're going to keep uh, Pete Carmichael calling plays. He hasn't done a good job all year, but we're going to keep him there anyway. Um, and I think that Dennis Allen has picked the hill that he wants to die on and, you know, hey, better him than me. We'll see how it plays out. Why change anything, John, when you're on the way to 1% chance of the playoffs? You're, you're moving on. <laughs> yeah. You're moving yeah, on. I mean, up. Hey, you're, 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 you've averaged 13 points per game since Halloween. So why change anything? I mean, obviously <laughs> what you're doing is uh, it's great. What, well, why would anyone complain about that? No, no, we're not complaining. You know, not every single week. No, definitely not. All right. So there's, you know, speaking of coming on up, the Saints are going to try to tie the all-time series with the Falcons. 
this week. John's got some takes on that. We're going to do that coming up next. But first, it's fantasy playoff time. Hope some folks are out there. Got some big matchups this week. Corey Bonini over at thehuddle.com. Have some plays of the weeks to, to help you out. And then John and I will be right back. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan, coming out of the bye week, takes on a Vikings defense that has allowed eight finishes of QB 13 or better in the last nine games. Just two defenses have given up more points to quarterbacks in 2022, and one of them allowed double the rushing scores as Minnesota. This matchup is 30.3% better than league average. Even a fading star like Ryan should be able to exploit Minnesota's secondary. Kansas City Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco at Houston Texans. This matchup profiles better for Pacheco finding success than his red hot backfield mate Jarek McKinnon. Since week 9, running backs have averaged the 7th most rushing yards per game and a touchdown every 36.8 attempts, but this is the number one defense to exploit on the year. 15 times a running back has made it into double-digit PPR territory, and this matchup is 28.6% better than league average. McKinnon will get his, but Pacheco should finish on the border between RB1 and number 2 performers. Washington Commanders wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus New York Giants. The rookie wideout posted 5 receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown on nine targets before the bye week hit. Now, Dotson will take on a Giants defense again, his opponent from the aforementioned Week 13 showing. He was involved more as a receiver of late, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see that continue down the stretch. New York has allowed wide receivers top 10 stats for receptions and yardage per contest since Week 9, and this defense has given up a touchdown per game to the position during that window. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns versus Baltimore Ravens. After missing Week 13 with a bum knee only to return for a 7-catch, 59-yard, one touchdown line on nine looks in his first contest with Deshaun Watson under center, and Joku faces a Baltimore defense that has done a pretty good job of limiting tight ends of late. He was good for 14.1 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown in week seven. Consecutive tight ends have posted at least 12 PPR points against this defense in the most recent pair of games, and eight tight ends have posted at least 10 points versus the Ravens in 2022. Six touchdowns have been scored by the position on the year. Don't be scared off by the name brand of Baltimore's defense. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-522. 4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. And as we mentioned right before the break there, John, uh, the Saints have a chance to tie up the all-time series with the Falcons here. And you were telling me before we started recording, like this is like a big deal because this is going back to you know the days where the Saints never won, right? So they've they've had a lot of losses with the Falcons when you're going back to what the 1960s or something, whatever this is. So maybe. 67. So the Saints, if they win this ball game against uh, Desmond Ritter and the Falcons, we'll be talking about him coming up here in a minute. But if they win this ball game, it's all tied up. That's that's you. You think that says something about the Saints and and where they've come? Yeah, man. It, this is a really big game. You know, to to kind of take a step back, look at look at the big bigger picture here. The you know the Falcons currently lead the all time series with the Saints, fifty four to fifty three. That that includes their one uh, playoff meeting, which Atlanta won. Um, 
which really pains me to admit here where, where everyone can see it. Um, yeah, so if the Saints can win this week, they're going to they, they tie that up all time. Uh, they, they even the score. Uh, and that that's big because whenever Sean Payton was hired back in two, back in 06, the Saints were down like 12, 13, 14 games. Uh, it was by quite a bit. They had a lot of ground to make up, and they were able to do that over the, over the last 20 years. And now they're one game away from tying it all up, and then next year we can kind of shift gears and say, okay, now let's build a lead here. And that goes to show, you know, how competitive this rivalry has been, you know, over the decades. And it, it, there's a lot on the line here as far as as, as far as uh, the, the, that rivalry goes and bragging rights, um, all this vitriol between Saints fans and Falcons fans. You know, it's, it's Falcons hate week. You know, every, everyone, everyone listening knows this. And. So I'm, it, it, this is an easy game to get excited for. And I know that there are, you know, glum and gloomy and depressed uh, fans online who are saying, oh, I just can't get up for this game like, like I have in the past. And don't lie. Don't, don't, don't lie on your mama. Don't, don't, don't lie on, you know, the Gleason statue outside the Superdome. You're going to be tuned in at noon on Sunday and hoping that the Saints win. But both fan bases in their heart of hearts you know, the Falcons can admit this more easily because they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl and this is all they have. But they, both fan bases, look at this game as, you know, we could lose everything else, but as long as we win this game, it's all right. You know, the the, the year is a uh, success. If Even if everything else goes sideways, if we can knock off this other team, then it'll be okay. And we can live with that. And that's the mentality they're both taking into this. And so this should be a, a really... Big time matchup, you know. Even if neither team is very good, uh, they both get up for this matchup. Both teams seem to either rise to the occasion or fall down to the uh, level of their competition, depending on how you want to look look at it. And it's it's, it's always an entertaining matchup. It's such a fierce rivalry. It, it's the closest thing to a you know college football uh, ri- style rivalry that you see in the NFL. I know that the Ravens and Steelers have their thing going on for for a while. And the, uh, the the Seahawks and 49ers ha- have their beef and history and whatnot, but but really Saints and Falcons that's the closest thing you'll find to a real you know SEC style rivalry where there's actual you know emotional <laughs> investment from both sides here. And so I'm really looking forward to this game, and I'm looking forward to Desmond Ritter, who you know I think we both liked him a lot coming out of the draft. Yeah, I mean I I definitely watched Ritter Ritter a lot because I have a lot of family over in Cincinnati, John. And they're all big Bearcat fans. So once I once I saw Cincinnati was winning ball games, and I could root against some of the big teams that are always in the college football playoff, I was definitely pulling for the Bearcats and watching all their games, betting on them here and there, and give myself a little extra rooting interest. And I really <laughs> did fall in love with that player. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Desmond Ritter. I've been looking forward to him. I I couldn't believe it took him this long to replace Mariota. To be to be honest, uh, and you were t- I mean Mariota's gone, right? Mariota's like he's done. It's it, Ritter's team now going forward. Yeah, so Mariota has uh, just flown the coop, apparently. So the Falcons, uh, you know, they looked at his, at his performance. Arthur Smith pulled the plug and said that we're going to start the rookie. Uh, uh, Desmond Ritter is our starting quarterback now, at which point Mariota elected to undergo knee surgery. That's probably going to end his season. So in, in, <laughs> the, the Falcons put him on IR here on uh, Wednesday, uh, but he has not been at the facility. He has, he has not been participating in meetings. He, you know, for all intents, intents and purposes, he, he's left the team from from what I'm reading and hearing. So, kind of a toxic situation. But you know that that's what the Falcons do. We we call them the Dirty Birds for good reason. This is who they are. Um, they they kicked Matt Ryan to the curb to make a field run at uh, Deshaun Watson, and now now they've uh, you know 
kicked uh, Marcus Mariota to the curb. And, you know, you know, hopefully my guy Desmond Ritter can work out well because hopefully he can benefit for it because I, I was a big fan of his coming out of the draft. Looking at all the uh, all the quarterback prospects this year, I thought that he and uh, Sam Howell out of, out of UNC were probably the two who I would you know, be most comfortable starting right away. And it's just really odd that, you know, it takes until week 15 for them to make <laughs> to make a change here. But uh, I was looking at it a bit deeper, too. The Falcons had fewer pass attempts per game than any other team going in uh, going into the bye week here. Uh, they were on bye as well as the Saints here, here this, this past week. What a stat. So our, that, that's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Even so the Bears, Smith, John, right? The Bears, yeah. like the Bears, like don't throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I want to say they were both averaging like twenty three pass attempts per game. Uh, it was like it was like uh, you know, one uh, A and one B or something like this. To throw less yeah, passes so. than the Bears is like it's actually <clears throat> mind boggling. It, it that's telling. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 bizarre, but you know that that's the kind of offense that Arthur Smith wants to run, and I think it also goes to show you know how little trust he has in his quarterbacks to ask that little, little of them. So it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, let me backtrack. I, I hate that sports podcaster cliche of the, the it'll be interesting to see. Let me, let me backtrack here. Um, I'm really intrigued to see the adjustments that Arthur Smith is going to make with Ritter at QB instead of Mariota. Maybe this is someone that he you know has more faith in as, as a passer. And, you know, I, certainly I would have higher expectations uh, with, with Ritter after seeing everything that he could do at Cincinnati, where he, he's an accurate passer at all levels of the field. Um, he was really effective off of play action on, on these rollouts. He, he's a good athlete and he is a, yeah. And he, he's someone that I have, I had a lot of faith in coming out of the draft. I was surprised to see him fall to what was it like the fourth round or, or third. Um, yep. it, it was pretty, it was pretty late there. Um, so that, that that was kind of odd, but I, I think I think that he's in a good, you know, I'm not going to say he's in a good posi- <laughs> in a good position here with Atlanta, um, especially considering how few weapons they have to work with. With Kyle Pitts has done for the year, um, where where Drake London hasn't really had gotten great usage there in that offense. Uh, Calvin Ridley gambled his way out of town. Um, you know, I like Ritter. I don't like this fit for Ritter. I don't like that he's working with a pass-averse head coach, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons to work with either. So uh, to me, this feels like a game where the Saints, you know, they they could have an edge under center for once. Yeah, it's interesting. And so the line uh, has moved. The Saints are four-point favorites at home against this Falcons team. Uh, And it's crazy. I mean, that's a pretty big spread against the Falcons this year with these teams so close. Uh, It's probably because of this quarterback move. I mean, John, can you tell us, like, what's the Saints' history against rookie quarterbacks? Um, maybe recent history, maybe. Um, do you know that? Uh, you know, is that why this line is, like, so far in the Saints' favor, you think? I think that's part of it. You know, you know, for, for a long time, these rookies got the better of the Saints. And then they had some really strong games against guys like Kyler Murray. He had one of his worst games as a rookie a couple of years back. Um, it's a shame they couldn't repeat that performance when they faced him again this season. But that's neither here nor there. Um you know, I believe uh, Jared Goff had a rough game against the Saints as a rookie. They, 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 they've played these first-year quarterbacks pretty well in recent years. So, you know, I don't have a stat as far as the, the record head-to-head, but, you know, as far as that goes, QB wins are a fake stat anyway, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But the Saints have done a good job against these inexperienced QBs. We'll see if that works well against Ritter, who started, you know, almost 50 games at the college level. So it's not like he's someone who, you know, has never seen some of the things that they're going to throw at him before. So, 
it, it should be a good game. You know, these are always competitive matchups. We, we saw that earlier this year where it took, you know, Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry going sicko mode in the fourth corner for the Saints to rally back and, uh, you know, win with that walk off a blocked field goal. So I, I think we're going to, I think this should be an exciting game. It should be entertaining. Uh, the, these teams always seem to play each other on a level field. So, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I think the fan base really needs this coming out of the bye after after such a disappointing season. I think that having a you know a really high powered game against Atlanta uh, would, would that would do a lot to energize people and kind of rebuild some of that momentum that the Saints have lost over the last few months. Well, John, yeah, going back to that Week One game, I mean, it's always fun when the Falcons get a lead and try to hold on to it in the fourth <laughs> quarter, right? That's just always it's always a good, it's always yeah. entertaining to watch them try to hold on to that lead. <laughs> as many times as we have seen it, it never gets old. No, it doesn't. The Falcons are going to Falcon, uh, so we'll see if that thing happens again. So I'll leave you here, John. Saints again, four point favorites at home in this ball game against the Falcons. I mean, it's like it's the biggest game we have to circle at this point of the season, right? This is the big one. Yeah. What do you think? What's your prediction? You think they win this one by four plus? No, I think it'll be closer than that. I, I think it's I think it's going to come down to a field goal again, just like last time. And hopefully the Saints uh, have just as uh, great of luck as, as they did uh, back in week one. But, you know, I'll, I'll have to go back and see. I believe my uh, official uh, USA Today Sports weekly pick for this game it was like a Saints 21, Falcons 20 or so, something like that. It was very, very tight. And I think that's going, I think this is going to be a close one, but I do like the saints to win at home. Right, I'm with you there. I mean, I think this is a tough one. I, I was leaning Falcons as well at plus four. I just think that that line is kind of big. And I think maybe it's an overreaction to Desmond Ritter being the quarterback when I don't know how great Marcus Mariota was anyway, when he was under center. Right. So it might be an overreaction to Ritter starting. It's hard to bet the Falcons though. They're just not that good. So I don't, it's, I don't know if I'm going to place any actual betting units on it, but I'm with you, John. I think we're on the same page here. Four points, a little bit too much. I expect a closer game, but yeah, I think the Saints could easily wa- walk away with a W in this one, and I'm expecting that as well. John, anything else going on Saints Wire here towards the end of the week, heading towards kickoff that fans should look for? Yeah, we're just doing a lot to kind of preview down the stretch here, see what the Saints have to play for. You know, I, I love to have fun with these uh, these playoff odds and the 0.9% and all this stuff, but yep. <clears throat> you know, there is a lot to play for. You know, you know, there's a lot to be said for playing for your pride. And it's not like the Saints had the luxury of saying, well, we're close to getting a good draft pick, so let's just uh, tank it out here. Th- that, that's not an option for them. And so they have a lot to play for in regards to, you know, if, if you if you want to be blunt about it, saving face here a- after uh, De- Dennis Allen's tenure has not gone as they hoped, but as well as evaluating their, their younger players and uh, pending free agents and kind of getting a better feel for who's going to be part of this program this time next year. So we're, we're, we're going to be shifting our focus t- towards that, uh, kind of looking back on the year so far, kind of a how we got here deal, and then also taking a hard look at what's ahead and what's looking to be like another very eventful offseason for the Northern Saints. All right, that's John Sigler right there. Check him out on Saints Wire, he and the crew. Some of the best in the business, I think. Got a great crew over there on Saints Wire. Check them out. Thanks for joining our podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week to break down the rivalry game. Saints-Falcons, looking forward to it. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.
just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.